culture eats strategy for breakfast. If you're in business, if you're in educational leadership, if you read leadership books or the Harvard Business Review, you might have heard that adage. And what it means is this. You can have the greatest plan, the greatest strategy, and if you come into a culture that's not positive but negative, maybe full of disloyalty and distrust, that strategy doesn't make a difference. One of the best examples of that phrase I can think of is the movie Remember the Titans. So uh, Denzel Washington plays coach Herman Boone, who is in charge of integrating the T.C. Williams High School with white football players and black football players. And throughout the first half of the movie, as you could imagine if you've seen it or if you haven't, the white and black players in the 1970s don't get along. There's a culture of dishonesty and disrespect. There's even bad attitudes. And so in the middle of this movie, Denzel Washington playing coach Herman Boone takes this team for a run. It's early in four o'clock in the morning and they're at Gettysburg College for training camp. And as they come into the battle of Gettysburg, Denzel Washington, like no one else can do, gives one of the greatest movie speeches ever. And one of his lines is this, I don't care if you like each other, but I hope you respect each other and learn how to play this game right. See, the culture was of disrespect. And when Coach Herman Boone said, if this team doesn't learn how to respect each other, they'll never learn how to play football together. They'll never come together as a team. Today, our main point is this. There's an enemy with strongholds who need to be destroyed. There's an enemy with strongholds that needs to be destroyed. Take your Bibles with me and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Ancient philosophers might not have said culture eats strategy for breakfast, but they might have talked about strongholds. Now, literal strongholds in ancient times were this. They were, they were structures or fortresses built by citizens to keep enemies away. But when philosophers or Paul who wrote 2 Corinthians talked about strongholds, they were an idea or a belief that needed to be defeated. So, a couple ideas and beliefs, maybe resentment and unforgiveness, maybe greed and insecurity, maybe perfectionism or images. But whenever an ancient philosopher like Plato and Aristotle would talk about this, and even Paul, the idea of a stronghold was there was an argument, there was a lie, there was a false belief that needs to be destroyed. And this is where we find our passage, and this is the topic we'll focus on this morning. So if you have your Bibles, whether it's on your device or uh, actual paper Bible, let's look together. 2 Corinthians 10.3.5 says this, For though we live in a world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So Paul in this passage, and I'd encourage all of you to read 2 Corinthians 10 on your own, but if you read this whole passage, the first few verses and the verses after verse five, 
go from really specific situation. So the specific situation that Paul's dealing with is there's some opponents and some people that are lobbying accusations and gossip about him. If you look in the first five verses, it, it talks about that Paul is meek and mild. And they, they throw these charges against him that he writes these very demanding, rebukeful letters. But when he comes in person, he's, he's more gracious and kind and he steps back. They also, as you read through First and Second Corinthians, they have this idea about Paul that if you're a great philosopher or a great teacher, that your image should be of such. Paul doesn't work as a full-time pastor. He actually has another job that he does. And he's not the greatest speaker. And he doesn't have the image that these people are accusing him of. If you go to 2 Corinthians 11.5, he actually calls these people super apostles. They made themselves look like they were really smart. And what Paul is concerned about is there's this little group of super apostles, but then there's the bigger group of Corinthians. And he's saying to them this, if you begin to take those beliefs, that leads you away from Jesus. See, you can already begin to notice that maybe with the super apostles, this idea of image, that having this rich, prosperous image goes contrary to Jesus. Jesus lived in poverty and humility. You begin to see the, the pride and the arrogance that if this false teaching and false ideas that run contrary to the gospel come into the Corinthian church, it could ruin it. So Paul like a pastor, like a parent, has to come in, and he moves from specific to general. So in Second Corinthians 10, 3 to 5, what he's saying is this, be careful of the strongholds in your life. Be careful of those false arguments and false beliefs, because if they lay dormant, if they lay secret, they can cause problems in yourself personally, in the relationships, and ultimately, they can destroy a church. This past Friday, I was on the phone, or actually I was Zooming with my friend, John Plake. John Plake works for the American Bible Society, and he, he was doing a study uh, with Barna Research. So Barna, like Pew Research, like any of these other research companies, and I was just talking to him. This whole study was on Bible engagement, and I said, John, what are the two most important factors for spiritual growth in someone's life from what you've studied? And he said this, it's Bible engagement and being in a small group. And I said, of course, you're telling me what I like to hear as a small group's pastor. But the deeper I went with him, what he's done is he spent time with the Harvard Institute for Human Flourishing. And he began to share with me this. He said, people that engage scripture, people that are in small groups, people that pray, they navigate depression and anxiety very differently. They navigate these issues that usually tear people apart, and they have a very higher rate of navigating that. And this is the definition he gives for scripture engagement. It says this, scripture engagement is measured as consistent interaction with the Bible that shapes people's choices and transforms their relationship with God and others. Why is that important? We're in this series about rooted, and we're talking about discipleship, the process of you becoming who God has called you to be, being in the likeness of Jesus, growing and seeing your heart and motivations change. And the natural progression of spiritual growth looks something like this. 
as you begin to engage the Bible, as you begin to pray, as you begin to get into small groups, God shines his light on areas of your life, on beliefs and lies that you've believed that you have to deal with. It's hard work. And all of us, to some degree, have strongholds in our life. And that's why we're in this series on Rooted. Because discipleship and Rooted and small groups and Bible reading, it's not something that we want from you. It's something we want for you. Because we believe that as God works inside of your life, as God changes your heart, as you begin to encourage and influence others, that God can begin to do his real work in you. That's why it matters today. And that's why Paul in this passage thinks strongholds is such a big deal. Because in all of us, we have biases and we have shortcomings and we have beliefs that we've held on to that we think are normal that God wants to change in us. So today, what I want to do is I want to walk you through two ideas that emerge from this passage about stronghold. The first one is this, what gets revealed needs to be healed. Look at verse four with me. Verse four, for the weapons of warfare are not flesh, but they are divine power to destroy strongholds. If you read First and Second Corinthians, one of the things that you'll notice is you can see this running theme of defeating strongholds. So in the first Corinthians, there's lawsuits that are happening at the church, and you think that's a surface issue, but what Paul is saying, there's a stronghold underneath there, this belief of taking the world's value, of taking revenge on people at church and, and things like that. And he said, that, that's a stronghold. There's a belief there that you think it's better to go through the world than try to deal with it in church. There's ideas on sexuality that Paul has to address of certain strongholds. There's even idolatry and how people eat together and certain practices. And Paul cares about those surface issues. But below that, you can see things like pride and arrogance. You can see bitterness and resentment. And Paul, throughout Corinthians, as you read this, he's trying to dismantle these beliefs because he's saying this, is that in those strongholds, you miss who Jesus is. So this is not, this chapter is not just about a bunch of accusations against Paul and Paul's getting really defensive. No, Paul, like a pastor, like a parent says this, be careful what beliefs come in your life. And that's why in verse four, he talks about the divine power, the divine power to defeat strongholds. When we think about our lives and we think about where we've gone, we think about the mistakes that we've made, the sins that we have. Below that are certain beliefs. Maybe it's, I don't matter. Maybe it's Jesus won't come through. Maybe it's control. Maybe it's issues like that. Maybe it's, I have to have a certain image to appeal to the world. I have to make myself look a certain way. And what Paul is saying is this, be careful because what those do, those are spiritual problems. Those are spiritual beliefs that can only be resolved as the Holy Spirit and the good news of the gospel comes in to our lives. So when we talk about what gets revealed needs to be healed, is that it's a gift. When, when strongholds lie dormant, they control us in ways that we can't see. They keep us maybe from obeying God and living out the gospel in ways that he's called us to. But they also, in some ways, they affect the relationships around us. And so what Paul is saying is this, is that I'm gonna, I want these revealed. 
And why is Paul caring so much about strongholds? In 2 Corinthians 10, 15, it says this, for the maturing of your faith, the maturing of your faith. Paul has a vision for all of us as we read this passage. His, his vision is this, is that the beliefs, the practices of this world that, that would, would keep us in prison, that would keep us from growing, that God would remove those, that we would become who God has called us to be, that we'd become mature and growing. You know, think about this. When was the last time something was revealed in your life? Whether you've been following Jesus your whole life, or whether you just started following Jesus yesterday. When was the last time God's word came into your heart and into your life and you had to stop and you had to say, wow, there's a false belief there. When was the last time you prayed and God began to reveal some things that you needed to confess in your life? When was the last time you were in a small group or you were with a mentor or a best friend and they said something to you and they said, I don't think you see this clearly. I think about it this way. My daughter loves to eat from these cups. And so what she does is she takes this cup and she puts it right on my face. And she says, Daddy, you look orange. Now, am I really orange? Maybe with a bad suntan lotion, I don't know. But the problem with is, is when you have a filter over your face, not only do, can I not see you and I think that you look orange as I look out here, but I can't see clearly. And what the work of the Holy Spirit, what the work of God's word does in our life is this, is it takes the filter off. It takes the filter off to say, there might be a stronghold there. There might be a lie that you're believing. There might be an idea that you have that's false. This is so important as we grow in our faith. None of us have arrived, and it's important for us to let God do the work in us so that that filter comes off. You know, I can remember being part of rooted groups in these last year, and when we come to the week about strongholds, you know, to hear people go deep and say, you know, through these weeks, I see what God is doing in my heart, and I, and I see these bitterness, these areas of resentment and unforgiveness and greed and lust, and, and I see the damage that it's doing, and God, I need help. I want to get super practical right now because some of you might be beginning to wrestle with some of the strongholds in your life. And I just, I want to just give you three things to think about before we move forward. Just maybe three practical next steps. The first one is this. Maybe for some of you, the most practical thing that God's leading you to do right now is to go see a counselor. You know, I go see a counselor because sometimes we need the help of a professional to walk us through it. And maybe right now you are looking at your life and you are noticing that the filter that you have, that God is doing something below the surface. And the second thing is this, is maybe some of you need to think about going to celebrate recovery on Tuesday night. It's online, browncroft.org slash CR. Maybe God is working in your heart and you're saying this, you know what, there's an area that I just can't get past and we want to encourage you to support you to do that. But lastly, this is why we're doing Rooted. 
We're doing Rooted because as a church, whether you've been in a small group for 40 years or you've never been part of a small group, what we believe, it's not just the stats from John Plake and the American Bible Society and Barna, but as we see in the Bible, the power of a healthy gospel community, the power of influencing and encouraging individuals, because at some point in your life, there's something that's going to be revealed that needs to get healed. And part of the grace and part of the work of that is that God wants wants you to do that in the encouragement of other people. God wants you to do that in context for his word. And when we talk about discipleship, when we talk about strongholds, it's not something we want from you. It's something we want for you because we care about you and we care with what God wants to do with your life. So how, how is the filter, how is that filter needs to be taken off? So number one is this, what gets revealed needs to be healed. And then number two, what you think needs to be confronted. What you think needs to be confronted. Look, look at verse five with me. Is that we take every thought captive. We take every thought captive to be obedient to Christ. So Paul anticipating anticipating these strongholds, anticipating these arguments, these super apostles they had prominence, they had prosperity, they had words of wisdom, they had these ideas, and they were bringing it to the Corinthian church. And what Paul is saying is this, test the veracity, test the truth of what's being thought. Confront the thoughts in your mind, because if you don't do that, you're liable to fall into a stronghold. You're liable to fall in a place that God might not be able to work, that maybe it's an area that God wants to reveal. And so often what we do in this world is this, is we let thoughts run rampant in our mind and we tell ourselves stories and we make assumptions. And what Paul is saying is this, is that being a part of maturity, being a part of spiritual growth, looks something like taking every thought captive. Now, I, I, wanna, I wanna be super clear. As a pastor, I care about heresy, that when someone says something about Jesus that's completely wrong, and that is so vitally important. I think sometimes as a church, we think about heresy. But when I think about strongholds, what scares me the most is when people have just enough truth with a stronghold of pride that they're speaking as if they know what God says, or they, they speak with resentment and bitterness, and they cause divisiveness in the church, that they can even say the right things for the wrong reasons. And that's why Paul's saying is this, take every thought captive. Be careful of what's being said. Be careful of what's being taught. Because if you don't do that, a stronghold can begun to be built in your life. So part of growing, part of experiencing the gospel is that you're confronting the thoughts that you have, that through God's word, through prayer, through being in a small group, that you're confronting, maybe I'm not seeing it this way. Maybe that thought isn't of God. Maybe I need to test it. And, and here's the deal. For some of you, you know, you overthink it. And, and that's okay. And I don't think that God wants you to live in a spirit of fear. 
But for others of you, you can be tossed in so many ways. And I think God works on us individually. God comes into our lives and reveals some things that maybe underneath the surface is your desire for control. Maybe underneath your surface is, is this insecurity. It's this doubt that's unhealthy. No matter where you are, God wants to help you. And what Paul is saying to this church is he's saying there's strongholds out there. There's ideas out there. And if you don't confront your thoughts, you might miss out. You might not become the person God's called you to be. Like I said, I've been part of three rooted groups. And each time we get to the stronghold group, there's 10 weeks of rooted plus one celebration and you really get to know people in a deeper, more significant way. And the stronghold one week is the most difficult week because people have to get real. And I think about my own life. I think about the strongholds of bitterness and resentment. When I was in college, I had this figure who was really important to me. What he said mattered. And, and making him happy and getting his approval was so vitally important to me. And then I ended up working at the college. And I got to see behind the scenes. And this figure who I looked up to, slowly the, the luster that I thought of him changed. And in one moment, I'm sitting in my office. It's about five o'clock at night. No one else is there there was a minor clerical error and this figure came into my office with no one else around and pointed at me and said, that will never happen again. And I said, sir, I'll do my best. And he said, that will never happen again. And I said, sir, I'll do my best. And finally he looked back at me and he said, that will never happen again. Embarrassed angry and frustrated, I looked back at him and I said, that will never happen again. And in that moment, my bitterness and resentment began to build in such a strong way. I began to see every conflict through that filter. I began to see each conflict, and there were certain figures in my life that I couldn't give grace to. There were certain figures that I felt that I was being controlled because of that moment. I would wake up every morning and some of the first thoughts in my head would be this imaginary conversation where I would tell this person off and I would tell them how wrong they were and how ungodly they were and how terrible that they've been. And part of that's changed and even in rooted as I, as I begin to bring these strongholds to the surface, God began to do some work in me. I can tell you what's changed. You know, I look at that figure and I look at his influence in my life and I'm able to say this is, you know what, maybe, maybe there was a good intention of trying to motivate. Maybe there was something in there. Maybe he didn't intend it the way, but it's allowed me to give grace, but also acknowledge that, man, that's painful. Man, there were painful moments in my life. But it's also stopped me. You know, whether I'm with my small group, whether I'm talking about an issue, where someone does something that, that I perceive is, is controlling or manipulative, and I sit there and I'm saying, am I, am I wearing this stronghold filter? Am I seeing this situation through the filter of bitterness and resentment? Or am I seeing it clearly 
And man, it's through God's word and it's through prayer and it's through community that sometimes people say, hey, you know, you might be right with your words, but your tone and your attitude just doesn't seem like it's at the right place. You know, I think if all of us, as we sat here, as we think about those issues in our lives, is that there's certain strongholds, there's beliefs that we have held on to. There's ideas, whether it's from childhood, whether it's from our work environment, that if we don't have them revealed and if we don't learn to confront our thoughts, they're gonna do more damage in our relationships and we're never gonna become who Jesus has called us to be. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. So following that scene at Gettysburg and Remember the Titans, they immediately go to a night practice. And there's two defensive players. There's a white player by the name of Gary, and there's a black player by the name of Julius. And these two had been in confrontation with each other. And in one moment, Gary turns to one of the offensive players who wasn't blocking for the black quarterback. And he says to him, if Julius gets by you, so help me, we're gonna come to, and he challenges them. And he says that you're wrong. And in the middle of that scene, Julius and Gary, they start talking with each other and they say, you know what, strong side, left side, it's great football stuff. But in the moment, you can just see the power of that scene where, where this idea, this stronghold, this culture of disrespect was broken because two players were willing, were willing to go below the surface. They were willing to follow Coach Boone. There's an enemy with strongholds that need to be defeated. Those are the moments in our lives that when we begin to break free, you can have the greatest spiritual plan, you can have the greatest spiritual strategy in your life, but if that stronghold does not get defeated, you'll continue to go in a cycle of hurt and pain, and it might be the other people in your life. God is calling you to grow. That in the regular rhythms of your life, that all of us, all of us are gonna to come to a place where we have to ask the question, God, am I seeing this clearly? Do I have a filter on? I wanna close with two questions. And the two questions are this. Number one, what needs to be revealed to be healed? What needs to be revealed to be healed? You know, maybe during this service, maybe as you've read this passage, maybe this week in small group as you discuss this, is that you begin to realize some of the strongholds in your life. Maybe like me, it's bitterness and resentment. Maybe it's insecurity or pride. Maybe it's greed or it's lust. God, like a master surgeon, it's painful, but when God does his work on your heart and your life, it's to heal you and it's to make you whole. It's to mature you up and help you become that person he's called you to be. And the second thing is this, what thoughts need to be confronted? So what thoughts in your life you know, as you get up in the morning and as you pray and as you read your Bible and as you, as you join a small group or be a part of the small group, you know, are you, are you aware of those thoughts? Are you aware of the filter of bitterness? Are you aware of the filter of anger? Are you aware of how you see the world around you? Because I believe that God's grace wants us to take our thoughts captives to test the veracity in teaching so that we grow in him. I want to close in prayer, but I just, I want to close with this one thing. Uh, 
on our screen. And if you're watching online, we have a, a text number. We've been talking about Rooted. And as you heard this message and you might not be part of a small group or you're in a small group, you know, we want to encourage you to sign up for this because again, Rooted's not something we want from you. It's something we want for you. We want small groups and reading the Bible and engaging scripture to be part of your rhythms because sometimes God does this hard work in us. But as we close today, I want to pray with you because for some of you, today is the first day of the rest of your life is that you'll start this journey where there's strongholds that will be defeated by God and that you'll begin to look back and you'll say, God, God, I need healing from that and I can't do this on my own. And you took a step of faith. Why don't you bow your heads with me? Before I go into prayer, just just say, maybe say a quick prayer to God and say, God, I need your help. God, I need your help with bitterness. God, I need your help with resentment. God, I need need your help with whatever stronghold. Just in this moment, give it to God. Lord, I pray for every person that is sitting in a seat, whether they're inside of Browncroft, in their living rooms, or their kitchens, or they're listening on their run right now. I pray that through your glorious grace that you would shine a light on their hearts, that the strongholds, that the false beliefs, the lies that they believe, that they they would be destroyed and they would melt in your presence. Lord, I pray for whatever step of faith these individuals need to take. That, that they would allow your word to change them from the inside out. That, that through prayer, you'd come and meet them. And that maybe in pursuing community in small groups, that they would experience the support you've called them to receive. God, I pray that we would be a church that are aware of our own shortcomings and strongholds. Lord, I pray that we'd begin to grow and be rooted in the gospel. And I pray this all in your name. Amen.